Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. Malachi 1. Welcome back to the Grace Ops Podcast, where we're learning biblical masculinity that results in effective leadership to impact your spheres of influence. We gear this towards the men, but this podcast is for everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be here with you today. We are raising up an army of warriors who are going to be trained by grace, the grace of God, to live upright and ultimately change the world to impact our spheres of influence. I want to get into this today. Oh, that there were one among you. One man. Is there a man among you? Is there a woman among you? Oh, that there be one among you who would shut the doors. What in the world are we talking about here today? What an amazing phrase that we're looking at here from the heart of Malachi, the prophet. The minor prophet, but nothing minor about his message, that's for sure. In Malachi's day, there were four areas of concern. Corruption. Four areas he was calling the people of God to repent about. In respect to the priesthood. Now, as I get into this, I want us to remember uh, after the cross and actually before the cross, God's always wanted every believer to be a kingdom and priest unto him. That's why in the Old Testament, we find it as an invitation. And after the cross, we find it as a declaration. You are a kingdom and priest unto me. What does that mean? It means God wants us to be focused on him with a diligence, with wonder and awe, walking in responsibility of the covenant as priest, as a kingdom of priests. So here we are, Malachi is in the priesthood in his day. There, were, there was some corruption in four areas. Worship had become routine. Divorce was widespread. Social justice was being ignored. And tithing was being neglected. So Malachi is writing what God wants him to write to the people of his day, particularly to the priesthood. And, and as a priesthood of God here on this podcast, I, I, I got to highlight these things. These are just amazing. Malachi 1-2, I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Wow. I mean, what a powerful statement. God is saying, I have loved you. And what he's saying in that is, I've been faithful to you, Israel. I've loved you the way you, you, were, you deserve to be loved. But have you loved me the way I deserve to be loved? What a powerful statement to open up with. Jumping into verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? What a powerful question that God is asking his people. If a son honors a father, if I'm your father, if I've disciplined you and loved you and carried you and encouraged you and placed identity on you and promise, and I mean, if I'm a father, where's my honor, priest? Men of God, today in this day and age, are we honoring the Lord? Are we setting our hearts to honor him as a priest of the lord as a leader in our household or our 
our spheres of influence? Are we first devoting ourselves to honoring our Father? And it goes on. And if I'm a master, where's my fear? Says the Lord of hosts. I mean, basically, that's just, where's my reverence? Where's, my, where's the sensitivity to my name? Where's the sensitivity that you would do? You, you, would, you would actually put effort into living with a tender heart and a sensitive path. That you wouldn't be calloused and filled with unbelief, but you'd be full of excitement and wonder and joy as you, as you pursue me. Where's my reverence? He says, O priest who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? And God answers him. He says, by, by offering polluted food upon my altar. You see, in the Torah, there was a specific way they were supposed to sacrifice to the Lord. And it always, always, always it's always been this way. This has never changed in the heart of God. He always wanted us to bring him his, our best. Something, bring me your best. Give me what I'm worth. Haven't I given you what you're worth? Haven't I given you my best? I mean, you think about in our day and age. Hasn't he given Christ? Is Christ not the best? The sacrificial lamb who was slain? And God says, respond to me the way I've, I've responded to you. G bring me the choice. Bring me the best. But see, in this day, they were, they were bringing the lame. They were bringing the sick animals for sacrifice. And there was a big problem because the priests knew that they ought not to do this. But the priests are allowing it. That's why this, this letter, these words are aimed at the priesthood. But it was all of Israel was the problem. But the priests were the gatekeepers. They were the ones that could have stopped it. And he says, you're, you're offering food that's polluted. It's not biblical. This isn't in the Torah. This isn't, this is, this is a, this is dishonoring my name. And it goes on and says, by saying that the Lord's table may be despised because the priests were allowing it. When you offer blind animals, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? See what they're doing here? Like imagine the the father, yeah. Hey son, go over there and grab that that the blind the blind lamb. Go go no go go grab that one over there. The 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 lame one. He takes four steps and falls down. Yeah, we'll sacrifice that to God. Yeah, let's yeah no let's bring that one. Yeah, see what they're doing. That was evil. It was like where's my honor? Where's my reverence? Where's the sensitivity and the tenderness to how I've loved you? How I've treated you? And this is your response to me? Oh, man, the heart of God, the heart of God, the heart of God. Oh. And he says this, I love this, present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor? There's no way in the world. What they were doing to God and bring it to, to his altar for sacrifice, there's no way in the world they would have brought that to a to a high up leader like a governor. There's no way it would have been insulting. But yet they were doing that to God. So in verse 10, God gets to this, the Malachi gets this passionate 
statement, oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. Oh, that there be one. I mean, think about that. Just one priest, one man, one priest who would say, enough, Israel. We're not going to treat the Lord this way. Let's repent and let's make this right. See, God wasn't saying that there'd be one among you who'd destroy the entire system. No, that there'd be one among you who'd redeem the system. Not there'd be one among you who'd destroy the entire way. No, that there'd be one among you who'd redeem the way, the way that God established. And God goes on and he makes a powerful statement to these priests. He says, for from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. So you've been bringing polluted offerings, but God's making a declaration that even though the priesthood in this current hour is corrupt, there will be a remnant that will arise and it will continue and move forward. And I'm just going to tell you now, Israel, that from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations and there will be a pure offering. And the Lord goes on and says, but you profane it. How do we profane the name of God? Is it a cuss word? Yeah. I mean, I don't like that one. That one's a tough one for me to hear. That's a tough one. But how do we profane the name of God? It's not, it's not just a cuss word. It's, it's a lifestyle, actually. It's by the way we live. It's by the way we live. We profane his name in our daily activities. If we're profaning his name, that's where you'd find it. The opposite would be to hollow his name, to revere and honor his name. But how is that done? Not just through lip service. He doesn't want lip service while our hearts are disconnected. It, it's done in our living, our lifestyle. Oh, it's like this thing called living upright. It's like the operations of grace. Oh, we should create we should create something with that. Oh, wait, we already have. <laughs> You're in it. Sorry, I'm just having fun with you. And then God goes on and he says, but you say, what a weariness this is. I mean, he's really bringing this to their attention, right? Like he's going layer layers into this thing to their hearts. And he says, he, he finally kind of finishes this chapter off with, for I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. And my name will be feared among the nations. And as we close this out today, no matter how you're living right now, whether you're hollowing the name, honoring the name, or maybe you're profaning the name of God, it doesn't matter because his name is going to be great regardless. But he's inviting us in as priests, as a royal priesthood. The scripture says that, that we're a royal priesthood. And we're called to declare the excellencies of who he is. We're called to declare the excellencies of his might, his, of his great name, and what his great name stands for, and what his great name does, not just for me, but for the nations. I mean, I think about our current day. We do this in our current day when it comes to baptism and 
communion. What, what have we done there? We, we've kind of made the same mistakes. We polluted it. I mean, we really have watered down the standards of what it means to be a believer. I mean, if you're calling yourself a believer, but you don't have any type of pursuit or desire or even lifestyle that's beginning to grow, even if it's growing small, that's okay. But if you're just totally like, yeah, I'm a Christian and, you know, I'm a believer and there's really nothing that proves it in your life, then, then you're a disgrace. I mean, really, it's, it's really a disgusting thing because you're, you're dishonoring the name of our, of our God in heaven. Our father says, oh, I loved you. I gave you Christ, but, but what are you giving me back? And I'm not talking about earning your salvation. You can't earn it. You cannot earn salvation. But once we receive salvation, we, we prove, we prove that we've been saved by the way we live. So think about it. Think about it. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the door. Why don't we do that in this hour? And I'm not saying we don't make mistakes. I get it. But it's about pursuit. Are we pursuing? Are we honoring? Are we increasingly sensitive and tender to God? Revering his great name. That's where we need to be. That's where he wants us to be. That there be one among you. So if we claim baptism, let's act like it. And if you know someone that's been baptized and they're not acting like it, lovingly bring that up to their, bring that up to them. Ask them why. Why doesn't your baptism mean anything to you? When we all go to, when we gather together and we take communion together and we celebrate the body and the blood, and then you see someone living away like they're spitting on it. Bring it to their attention, not like a religious critic or not out of religious religious cruelty. There's a way to do it that's purely based in love. But bring it to their attention. Let's not, let's not spit on the communion table. Let's live. Let's do this thing. God's grace has, has come to train us to renounce. We make mistakes. Sometimes we fall in the old ways, but to renounce that, draw the line, and to actually live the operations of God's grace trains us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lifestyles right here and right now. So I cry out the same declaration. May you cry it out. You do the same thing. We're all priests of the Lord. If we're in Christ, oh, that there be one among you. Not that would shut down the entire thing, but would just revere the way God made it to be. Oh, there'd be one among you that would say, enough, enough. Let's do this God's way. And grace is right there like a coach training us to run this powerful race. We can make it. We can endure this to the end. As I close this out, I want to invite you to please check out our website, graceops.net. Subscribe to our email. You're going to want to be on that email. Get some gear. Share this podcast. Help us spread the power of what God has established in Grace Ops. It's built to help millions and millions of people. So help us to spread it. 
We thank you for that. Until next time, live upright.